the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe." Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. In 2020, the most searched and bookmarked Bible verse was Isaiah 41.10. It says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. It's not difficult to figure out why this was the most searched and bookmarked Bible verse in 2020. We were afraid and stressed out because of the pandemic. However, if we scratched the surface, we would find out that fears and anxieties were present far before the pandemic. Last week there was an article in The Atlantic titled, Why Are Teenagers So Sad?, which highlighted a CDC survey. From 2009 to 2019, there was a 40% increase in persistent sadness and hopelessness among adolescents. That's from 26% to almost 37%. Two of the reasons why so many teens are sad were, was given by the Surgeon General in a 
December 2021 Advisory Board on protecting mental health among teenagers. Two of the reasons were a persistent sense of fear and physical distancing. The pandemic or social media didn't start this, but both have been exasperated by these. Both have exasperated the latent fear and anxiety in each one of us. Even though there are signs life is going back to normal, we're still living in the wake of our stirred up anxieties. So our fear and anxiety actually go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, to Genesis chapter 3. After Adam and Eve sinned, they hid among the trees. They were afraid of God when he went for a walk in the cool of the day. Now the Hebrew behind he went for a walk in the cool of the day is, is more complex than God just taking a stroll. First, the Hebrew word for walk, or, that, or that's translated for walk, is actually a word of rushing like God is rushing into the garden. Second, the phrase cool of the day most likely is a code word for a predetermined time for God and humanity to be together. So the image is God is rushing into the garden like a father who's rushing for a date with his children. After sin entered creation, guilt and shame were the lenses Adam and Eve viewed themselves. And fear and suspicion were the lenses to which they saw God. Since they saw themselves as guilty and shameful, no one, especially a holy God, would love them, much less tolerate them. Adam and Eve believed God was hurrying into the garden to destroy them. But Adam and Eve were wrong. God raced into the garden to make a life-giving promise. He promised the offspring of Eve would crush Satan and save humanity from sin and death. In spite of them hiding from their guilt and living in fear, nothing was going to stop God from loving to be with them. In our gospel reading, this same story is played out with the apostles. We are reminded of Eden when John writes, on the first day of the week and eight days later. This is a new creation for humanity, even though God keeps acting in the same way. The guilt and shame for abandoning Jesus has taken hold of the apostles' lives. They're hiding from those who would gleefully expose their sin. And fear locked the doors to the outside world. But today we find out there are no locked doors they could hide behind that would keep Jesus from finding them. When Jesus arrives... He says, peace be with you, and then it immediately shows his wounds. 
The resurrection doesn't blot out Good Friday. The risen Christ always bears his wounds, the wounds that were born of our sins. So does Jesus show us his wounds in order for us to experience our guilt and shame all over again? No. If Jesus' wounds only told the story of our sins, then fear and hiding make sense. Jesus would be arriving to destroy us. But Jesus does not rush to bring violence or death, but peace. The peace beyond all understanding. The peace the world cannot give. The peace that comes from God's forgiveness. This is the full picture of the wounds of Christ. Humanity, all of us, have committed the greatest sin in murdering God. But these wounds testify to a greater love. There is no sin in principle greater than God's love for you. A love that is born in Christ's act of forgiveness. We see Jesus rushing into the room today not only because of God's love, but because we cannot break ourselves out. We have locked ourselves in. We cannot save ourselves. So we need him to enter in to save us, to set us free. Today, Jesus stands in our midst, offering us a peace that orders our life beyond our finitude. The resurrected Jesus transcends our limitations, our fears, our anxieties, and our sins, so we can joyfully live. Sin causes us to curve in on ourselves, so, so far curved in on ourselves that we actually lock ourselves up in our heart. We've locked our hearts for fear of sin, but forgiveness and faith will displace sin and fear with the loving presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the perfect love that casts out all fear. It is no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. So do not be afraid. Open the doors to Christ. Christ's peace is the antidote to our fear, sadness, anxiety, and hopelessness. With Christ living in us, we can handle the fear. Fear never goes away. It never goes away until we wake up from death. But now in this old creation, we are resolute by the power of the new creation, by the power of the resurrected Jesus which means now we live in the imitation of divine love that unlocks our hearts and moves us to live outside of ourselves towards our neighbor, to live in a world that de desperately needs joy, hope, and peace. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen.